So Dan chews a lot of chewing gum, eats a lot of protein bars, drinks a lot of Diet Coke. Like, it's it's so habitual. Like, he does it all the time. Idiosyncrat. Yeah, like, little things. Like, I'm, for me, coffee, loads of it. Like, even without thinking about it or really wanting it. Mm. Loads of coffee, always on my phone. Gemma was saying, like, alcohol's probably her thing. Everyone has a vice. Yeah, vice is probably... It's kind of like a safe zone, isn't it, that you go back to... The default behaviour. That you feel comfortable in, yeah. I think mine would probably be, yeah, using my phone, maybe with, like, double-screening Netflix on in the background with phone in Mm. in hand, scrolling through something. You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. But you've just picked alcohol out of your life, haven't you? Just, like, picked it and cast it aside for six months. Yeah, to see what happened. Better? Oh, fantastic, yeah. But not so better that you're going to never drink again. So here's, here's my conclusion on having completed six months sober. So it's probably going to be, it's actually close to like five and a half weeks of sober. Um, no, sorry, five and a half, five and a half months. <laughs> uh, five, and a, five and a half months of, of, um, of being sober. So can you talk us through how much were you drinking beforehand and what was the reason for wanting to stop? So I wasn't drinking an awful lot. I'm not a massive drinker, even as a club promoter. Um, I'd probably say that in terms of volume of total drinks per week, it would probably be on an average, but that would be very infrequent. It's just that the volumes that I would drink when I did drink were so high that it compensated for the big gaps in between. I see. So it would be a week without drinking and then 20 beers and then a week without drinking and then 15 beers or whatever it is. Um, so halfway through December, decided to kind of get a bit of a head start on what I knew was going to be a year where I wanted to do some New Year's resolutions and start changing some habits and uh, decided that if I committed to something beforehand that it would form a basis for a bunch of other stuff to then build on top uh, and it actually ended up working really well because the the confidence that I got from being able to not up from not drinking the habit setting of not drinking then permitted me to build further habits and it was like well you've already done this one so of course you can do that and the, just the level of hopefulness uh, improved so yeah wasn't drinking an awful lot but was definitely but that's from like I've proven to myself that I can stop drinking and so one habit's one habit's is... gone everything else is just just follow the same I'd imagine on a pragmatic level as well it's like if you're not if you haven't had 20 beers the night before even though it was infrequent that means that the next day is then opened up there's more well, my, you're not my, my, be the, my main reason for doing it was that I get I get bad hangovers like how many people do you see that post like today is the day after a bank holiday Sunday. And my timeline this morning from 9am until 1pm was littered with, oh my God, never drinking again. <laughs> like that was it. Just, oh, me. me, what are you drinking for me? <laughs> um, that was that, that was all it was. And you think these, the level of regret and pain that you go through when you have a hangover is so catastrophic on your time. If you were to look at your time, if you were to look at yourself as a business and your time as your resource, your primary resource, if you were doing a set of year-end accounts and trying to maximise your profit, you would look at the biggest costs that were coming off that time and you would remove them. And for me, once every week to once every two weeks, writing off an entire day to be 30% as productive or 50% as productive as I should be normally is just the first place to start. It was the huge, massive overhead cost. When you put it like that, it's huge. And I imagine you don't you don't feel particularly good on that day either. It's not as awful. If, so Horrible so like your productivity's gone down, but so is your well being and 
used, and I think it's offset. It, it it's greater than the the boost that you get the night before. So that, the that must be though that everyone goes into a night out having been on one already before in the past, so they already know everyone at the start of the night tomorrow morning. I'm probably not going to feel great, but everyone still keeps going, and it gets worse and worse and worse. You they forget more and more and more. You forget. You feel you feel invincible, don't you? When you've had a, when once you've had, had a few drinks, yeah, then you forget. You forget about the fact that you're ever going to feel bad the next day, <laughs> and you just keep you just keep on. And there's a, there's like oh, we're all in it together, yeah. and oh, yeah, absolutely. Group so mentality. what's what's been the best thing about it? And what's been the worst thing about it? Uh, best thing about it's just, I guess, my productivity. Um, Feeling better. Yeah, time ability to time manage. I've not been knocked off. I've, the only times that I've been knocked off routine have been when it's been things that have been out of my control, work's got in the way or illness, mm. stuff like that, as opposed to you have a certain level of guilt when you want to achieve things and you have stopped yourself from achieving them because you went out and got pissed. Mm. Like that's the, the, the extra layer of shame <laughs> that comes with that, that self <clears throat> Not uh, only did I not do it, thing. but I didn't do it because it was something I did. Yeah. Like something that I did that I know was not on track or yeah. and I knew in advance and mm. I knew what was going to happen and it was my choice <laughs> and, and no one forced it. me to yeah so, you know and I've done it before mm. and I'll do it again exactly makes so, you feel like a bit of a dingus yeah <laughs> it just, it's just you know when you look at it pragmatically it is such a bizarre situation for people to put themselves into and obviously this is me fucking from the top of a very very high five and a half mm. month horse <laughs> in, looking down upon all of the hungover peasants on the floor because um, that, that like it's nice isn't it if we're, if we're honest, like I, I enjoy drinking. I enjoy what comes with drinking. I wouldn't drink by myself in a room. No. But I enjoy the the social scenarios that tend to... Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so. Probably one of the most insightful things that we got from the Menno Henselman's interview, which was a few weeks back, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it, is where he talks about how you can get drunk and minimise the impact of it. He's like, on a night out, the goal is to get as drunk as possible on the minimum alcohol as possible, mm-hmm. both mm. for the liver load, but also for cost and feeling the next day. So he's like, try and drink on an empty stomach, try and have it all in one go at the beginning of your night, and then you've maximised your, your drunkenness. That's and it presuming that the only reason that you want to go out is to get drunk, though, not to enjoy drinks, because I actually enjoy the process of... Of drinking 20 drinking. beers. Of drinking a beer, like oh, well, oh, not twenty beers. But it's the process of getting drunk. It's enjoyable, not being drunk. The I don't actually. I don't. The, the end result is not. It, for me, is not all that enjoyable. Like being a, a, a mess wandering about isn't isn't all that fun. It's the process of getting there. What am I going to drink next? Mm. Am I going to buy? Oh, someone's got me a shot. Oh, that's funny. Like oh, I'm going to get <laughs> a shot. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do the one. shot. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Let's do another one. Yeah, but um, it's, so I think. So what was the, what was the worst thing? Um, it's, you not, have any, it's like... not tremendously good if if you if you're desperately on a shagging spree. <laughs> it's not tremendously good. Lose your lubricant, um, social lubricant. N- right. Okay. So got, I'm going to try and keep it short. Interesting point about the social lubricant side of stuff. I think a lot of the time, as guys, and this is this is definitely for me in the past as well. If I had um, approach anxiety, so I was scared to approach a girl in a club, or scared to approach girls generally in a club, I would get myself. To blind drunk and then the next morning sometimes would wake up in bed next to a girl with no idea of how I'd done it but when I was sober knew that I couldn't so something happened when I drank that removed my inhibitions that stopped the the approach anxiety Mm. now what has happened obviously with not being able to be drunk has been I've only had two choices it's either (laughs) been that I have to learn to be able to approach or that I, I, I 
don't at mm. all, and there's no options. There's no route out via alcohol where I just fucking magic myself into a bed the next morning mm. with a girl next to me. So it's put the onus completely in my hands with regards to this, which has been quite interesting. But in terms of the sort of a, one of the bad things, I suppose you're not you do miss out on social situations a little bit because even though I've pushed myself to go out as much as possible. Johnny, you've gone out and I've joined you on nights out and been sober and still really enjoyed them. You don't go out as much. There will inevitably be less of a reason for you to go out because you know, mm. well, I'm going to drive. I'm, you know, everyone else is going to be wrecked. I guess the caliber of the night out that you're prepared to go on raise as well. Because you'll go on a shit night out and enjoy it if you're pissed. Mm. But you will not go on a rubbish night out and be sober with people who you maybe don't know or don't like or whatever it is because your tolerance for them is going to be so much lower. I think it it brings a lot more... Some some people are really critical of it. Some people don't like people coming to things if they're not drinking or... Because I think some people have like a... You know, they're, like, they're a ghost at the feast kind mm-hmm. of situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to get drunk in front of them because yeah. they remember what I'm like. Yeah. But I think it's... I, I respect the idea of not of someone coming and not drinking because it's voluntary I'm not going to do that mm-hmm. there's a massive wave of social pressure to do something I'm just going to stand over here and do you'd my you'd be thing. surprised one thing that I was very surprised about was how quickly people kind of cottoned onto it a little bit like I've, I haven't made a massive song and dance about it I've probably mentioned it online three times and then once in a podcast mm. over five and a half months and a lot of people know that I'm doing it mm. and that's people saying, hey, mate, are you, are you still not drinking? Have I heard this right? Are you doing... And they look at me like I'm like from an alien planet or something. Mm. Like, are you, mate, are you doing five months? Mate, I you're... can't do five minutes sober. You're from a world where alcohol is part of it, aren't yeah. you? So it's the, it's like, the without life... alcohol, your world probably liter- wouldn't. It is literally the lifeblood of it. Yeah. Um, it is literally the lifeblood of it. But no, I think, like, sort of in conclusion, anything taken to excess is an error, and that includes sobriety. Mm. And I think that as humans we struggle to find moderation we struggle to eat one biscuit out of the pack instead of none mm. or all of them and we have the, to swing between the extremes to to stick to something so, so used, uh, would, would you recommend that people absolutely give a I, 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 obviously obviously i think i think i'm probably a little bit biased at the moment but at the end of five and a bit months progress in the gym has been probably the best it's been for a few years mental sharpness and mental clarity has definitely definitely gone up and i can attribute a lot of that to the fact that i haven't been slowing myself down with alcohol I feel like incredibly healthy and I've been able to spend time doing stuff that I, that I genuinely value so I've been able to meditate a lot more and a lot more frequently my mobility's gone up because I've just I've not missed days doing mobility my fitness has gone up because I've not missed days doing fitness so looking back over the last five and a bit months I can feel proud about the level of productivity that I've met because I haven't been distracted so as opposed to looking back and going, oh, well, you know, like I, I, I did have some really, really good nights out. However, on the flip side of that, if you did that for an entire lifetime, you'd just be really, really productive, but you wouldn't enjoy any of the variety that comes with the social situations you're missing out on. So it's, u- it's using an extreme to find balance. Yeah, But is... it's, it could be, you could look at it as, as, as periodizing. Mm. So this is a, a, a period where I wanted to be particularly productive. Mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on the business. I wanted to focus on training and mobility and a bunch of other things that I, I thought were going to be important to me. And sure enough, it turned out to be quite important. Mm. And now that I've achieved a particular level, a maintenance level, where I feel now 
that I could reintroduce alcohol back into my life and still be able to hold on to some of those habits because they've been settled more. Mm. Um, so I think that's the lesson, isn't it? It's find what's find what your your vice is or your something that So just so that just so that the listeners can hear. Yusuf Yusuf's been looking at his watch for the last five minutes because he's got to get off because he's going for dinner. But rather than wait until we finish the podcast, he's taking his trousers off in the middle of it. Next just getting naked. Yeah. We were supposed to have finished about five, ten minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. So Christmas Go, with, with, out. with some absolute gems, so I thought I'll leave you guys to well to wrap up. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, Good so um, in conclusion, worth giving a, a stint a go of alcohol free. See what you learn from it. See or, s- or something free. Something free. Whatever, whatever is a, a weakness or a, something that you default to or is having a big toll on your time I think that it needs to be the toll on your time because if it's something that's a weakness if we went back to people who cut out caffeine and stuff like that mm. I it may benefit your health in the absolute long run but I don't think it doesn't have a cost effect on your time mm. your productivity is going to go down because of the lack of that mm. if it was something like reducing the ease of your time stopping playing video games not watching not, not using your phone after 11pm not watching TV after 11pm or something like that I think that those things that's what needs are, to change are enabling rather than mm. restrictive well this is obviously quite a big topic and i think if you guys <coughs> want to hear us discuss this in more depth give us a shout on the facebook page or the comments and uh let us know what you want to hear us address otherwise that is a short podcast from propane fitness and chris speak to you guys next week